0: The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang.
1: Well, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report to Arizona and Florida for spring training this week as soon as tomorrow. Yeah, that ain't happening. Steve Zinsmeister and Cody Fincher with you on the Ain't No Fang Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out this week as uh, things are still on hold because last week we... Did a podcast right before Thursday's press conference with Commissioner Rob Manfred. He was, we thought, was going to go up there and say, hey, we're delaying spring training because we don't have a deal in place yet. Uh, Then the two sides, the owners and the players union, met on Saturday for less than an hour, and here we are, still no deal, no baseball. Cody, uh, talk to me. What is the vibe as we are now basically hours away from when we were supposed to get pitchers and catchers reporting and we still don't have a deal i i think they were supposed to report
0: like today or this sometime this week um you ask about the vibe my vibe is i'm i'm very sad i'm very sad <laughs> uh it's it's not good around here man i need baseball and i'm not getting it um <sighs> I thought for sure like you said I thought for sure Rob Manfred was going to get up in front of the media on Thursday and just announce that they're delaying spring training because hey guess what pitchers and catchers are supposed to report next week and we're not we don't even have a deal so we need to you know push spring training back a little bit and find a deal and then get going but I mean he was he was surprisingly hopeful for the meeting that happened on Saturday. Like you said, that lasted only or less than an hour and the players union came away. uh, Tweets reports said unimpressed with the, uh, with the uh, owner's proposal on Saturday. Um, Rob Manfred said in his, in his presser that it was a really good proposal and they've come, they've come far on their proposal and it didn't sound like they came all that far, to be honest. They're still, really, really far apart with the whole pre-arbitration uh, bonus pool money. I think the union, uh, uh, I mean, the owners went up another $5 million to $15 million. So, <laughs> I mean, the players want $105 million in that pool. So they're still really far on that. But um, a lot of things that he did say that, the, that they have both sides have agreed upon um, were, surprising honestly i was really surprised that he announced these things um he announced that mlb and the players have agreed to implement a universal designated hitter that was huge i was not expecting to hear that um he he announced that they have agreed to eliminate draft pick compensation for uh free agents and then he also said they agreed to implement a draft lottery system to uh, prevent teams from basically to prevent teams from tanking. Um, I was surprised that he even went there, honestly. I I, I thought he would just well, first of all, I thought he was going to announce a, a delay in spring training, but if he didn't do that, I'm surprised he announced things that they've agreed upon. Maybe that's just to like to show that there is some progress, I guess. I don't know.
1: Well, you got to remember, too, Rob Manford acting as the commissioner here is also basically it. well he's basically a spokesperson for the owners that's what he is so he's yeah. kind of their pr guy in a lot of ways and yes he's supposed to be the man in charge of the entire league uh, i think a lot of people would argue that right now but yeah we expected him to come out and delay spring training and instead what we got was this
0: i am an optimist and i believe we will have an agreement in time
1: to play our regular schedule and he even goes a little bit further. I'm going to play this one where it's not just optimism that he expressed. It was more than that. It was an expectation that things are going to happen on time.
0: The status of spring training is no change right now. Um, we're going to have a conversation um, with the MLBPA about the calendar. You know, we understand where the calendar is. But um, until we have that conversation and until we see how this um, session on Saturday goes, it's no change.
1: Now that's going to be tough because that calendar starts basically right now with what we talked about, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report I looked it up. Uh, most teams didn't even announce uh, when catchers and pitchers were supposed to report because obviously there is no deal in place. So why they would they announce They probably scrubbed it? those dates from the websites. Right. I did find two collective lists that both had the Orioles and the Rays both had February 15th, so tomorrow, listed as their day to report. Who knows if that was ever going to be official. But yes, this week was supposed to be the start of spring training, essentially, at least the workout portion Games would have started what in two weeks ish, and then you would have had a month of baseball before you have to actually start regular season games. And as you pointed it out to me earlier today, Rob Manfred mentioned during this whole spiel that the clock is 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 ticking. But also, if we were to start the regular season on time, we need four weeks to have a spring training.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I was that was kind of an interesting answer. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Opening Day is March 31st. So four weeks from March 31st to three four is March third. So, I mean, they would need to be starting spring training on March third. Um, to in his in Rob Manfred's mind and probably the owners uh, in in their minds, they would need to start spring training. The latest date is March third to play a full season and and not delay the full season either. Um, I mean. I I can't see that happening. I can't see that happening at all. They're nowhere, I mean, just to you and me, the public, they are nowhere near agreeing to a new CBA. I mean, they've agreed on some things, the DH, the draft pick compensation, the draft lottery, Uh, they've agreed to those things, but I mean... They haven't agreed to, I feel like, any of the economic proposals that have been mentioned. They, big have, stuff. they haven't announced any of that. Any of the big money stuff have has not been agreed to. And I don't see them agreeing on anything anytime soon. This meeting that Rob Manfred on Thursday made seem like it was going to be this big step forward and big progression in the talks. And the meeting reportedly last less, lasted less than an hour. I mean, how how in the world do they think that they're going to play a full season on time? They could still play a full season, I guess, but it would be delayed. It's not going to start March 31st. Or I mean, throw a couple double headers in or whatever. Yeah. You know? Oh, please. No, I don't oh want to go through gosh. that again either. That would be terrible, especially to start the season. Oh, my goodness. And, and when you're already rushing spring training in there, you know, if, if this all happens, they by uh, let's say they start spring training, March 3rd, four weeks. I mean, that's almost a whole month after pitchers and catchers were supposed to report and you're wanting them to start in four weeks. And how many games are you, how many spring training games are you going to be able to play to get ready for a nine inning game at 162 of those? Like that, that doesn't seem feasible to me. I, I feel like, I feel like they needed to come to an agreement On Saturday for this to all happen on time and they didn't and I I just can't see a way that they start spring training on time. They're already pretty much late for it anyway, and I don't see how they start the regular season on time.
1: You mentioned some of what I'm calling the goodies, the things that uh, Manfred says they did agree on. It's like a little goodie bag at a party. Right. right. Here's like, here you go. Here's the goodie bag that uh, Rob Manfred provided to us. Thanks for coming. We have a DH here. We've agreed to institute a draft lottery to address the players' concern about clubs not competing. We've agreed to a universal designated hitter and the elimination of draft choice compensation. So those are some pretty nice things. I was a fan of the Universal DH. Maybe you're not. and You know, we, you can have that debate all day long, and we have had that debate all day long many times. Uh, the draft lottery thing, yeah, competitive play is definitely, competitive balance in the league is important. Uh, and then the draft pick compensation, which I still don't entirely understand why the players were ticked off about that, but that's another thing. Yes, these may be agreed upon in principle, but isn't it telling that we found out about that agreement from him, like from the owners, I haven't heard anything from any of the players' reps. And it's not like Max Scherzer isn't out there tweeting about all this stuff. He's he's very vocal about how these negotiations are going and what the players want. I hadn't heard any of that from anywhere else other than Rob Manford last Thursday it very much felt like hey we need to make the public understand that the owners are putting a good deal out there let's say hey this is the best deal we've ever had it's going to be better than the one we had before it's really great the players are going to love it here's a bunch of goodies all right cool i did my job it it just felt like he dumped it all on us to make us think like the owners are are definitely making concessions i hadn't heard that anywhere else
0: yeah it kind of feels like the last few weeks with starting with the whole federal mediator thing. And now this with the, with the, with the, with the league, it just makes it seem like they're trying to really spin the narrative because I think the narrative has mostly been in favor of the players. The players have been the ones to um, propose things and take concessions. And, you know, I was, I was shocked. I think we've talked about this, but I was shocked when the, when the, it came out that the players had withdrawn their, um, proposal to uh, become free agents earlier for younger players to become free agents earlier. They withdrew that. I was surprised. So for a while there, it seemed like the players were the ones that were really trying. And I think now and it's so stupid because we need to play the game. You know, the, it's the season is a fast approaching. Now is not the time to, you know, spin the, you know, political view or whatever you want to call it of each side. You know what I mean? we need to get moving and get down to business here. But it just seems like the league is like, well, look, we're, tra- look, we've tried to bring in a mediator. We're trying to do that. Okay. We, we, we agree to the DH. A lot of people like that. You know um, I think the whole draft pick compensation thing was just, you know, to open up options for players because I mean, this is just one example, but I'm pretty sure Trevor story didn't get traded From the Rockies last year, because I'm pretty sure this was an actual story that the Rockies think their GM is such a good drafter that they would have rather not traded Trevor story and let him walk as a free agent so that they get a draft pick in in return.
1: So that's kind of weird <laughs> rather like than go Stor- and get a couple of prospects. Exactly. Yeah. And so like
0: Trevor story could have been traded to a contender and had a chance to play for a world series title, but instead he had to stay the rest of the year in Colorado where they weren't going anywhere, you know, just because why, because the league, the, the, the Rockies think that their GM is a really good drafter. I, you know, it just doesn't make much sense. So I get that. Um, the draft lottery could be cool, I guess. And if it really does, dissuade teams from tanking i know a lot of people that hate the whole tanking thing um i'm kind of neutral on it but i mean i was in favor of the d-backs tanking last year because what are they playing for to be honest let's let's be real here um but yeah man it's just it's it, it just feels like there's just so much like spinning and 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 trying to change people's views on one side or the other. And it's, that's just not what we should be focusing on right now. If I, if I'm on one
1: of those two sides, you know, my head is still spinning from the, from the flipping of the narrative, because which one is it? If you're the MLB, you came out, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago or a week ago and said, we want federal mediation because we can't agree on anything. And then uh, when the players say, no, just come sit at the table with us. We're ready to talk. Then the owners and the commissioner comes out last Thursday and says, well, we agree on a lot of stuff. Here's, here's a whole goodie bag of all these things that we agreed on. And we have the best deal we've ever had. And it's on the table and and it's mostly done. And we're going to start on time. And I'm like, which one is it? Are you struggling to negotiate and you need federal mediation help? Or you have the greatest deal ever. And you think you're on the same page and we're going to start on time. Those are two very different concepts to me. Like if you need federal mediation help, I don't believe that you're anywhere close to a deal. But then you come out and say, well, we're, we've got all these things we agree on, and and the players should look at that, and they should see that we're op- operating in good faith, and we can get this thing rolling. And I don't know, dude. It, you're right. It's a ton of spin, uh, but I can't keep up with it because those are two totally different narratives that the MLB has tried to play off in two back-to-back weeks. Yeah, man. It, this is just—it's just so annoying.
0: It's it's so cringy that this is what we're doing. Like. I just I just don't know what we're doing here. Spring training is supposed to start at the end of this month. Spring training games. It's supposed to technically start this week with pitchers and catchers reporting like. Oh, my gosh. This is just so bad. I'm reading uh, tweets from June Lee. He's a writer at ESPN. Uh he says the MLBPA is arguing that how the baseball's uh, baseball's economy operates fundamentally doesn't work. While MLB is trying to address those concerns by saying that adding an expanded playoff and a universal DH creates more jobs and leads to more money for the
1: players. Create, oh my god! Creating gosh. jobs. Oh, the age-old argument. Literally, for
0: yeah. <laughs> We're going to create jobs. We're going to. <laughs> we're going to improve the economy. Like, what are we doing? Let,
1: let me read what you this, this one. Doing? I read this, uh, from El- Evan Drelich on Twitter, uh, this weekend. I read, he wrote MLB, meaning the players in the league argues for minor leaguers to stay unpaid in spring training. Here's their argument. Quote, mm-hmm. It is the players that obtain the greater benefit from training opportunities that are afforded than the clubs who actually just incur the cost of having to provide that training. That (laughs) is the most conceited and elitist view I have ever heard on employment. This is basically MLB's way of saying, you know what, we don't want to pay our interns. (laughs) You know, like this is the unpaid internship, except they show up and play baseball games. And right. I, I tweet, I retweeted it. And I said, "Or hear me out. You could just pay your employees when they come to work. Like that's essentially it's, what we're talking about here. Th- that's a great analogy, the unpaid internship, because that's it's what literally it is. what
0: it is. Like these guys are coming in trying to prove themselves and maybe get a full time job. You know what I mean? Right out of college." And- And the league has the cojones.
1: They have the cojones to say, well, it's really the clubs that are losing out here because they're providing for these players the opportunity to train. I'm like, you're an organization. You should always want to train your players. That's what development is. That's why the minor leagues exist. Like, don't you want your
0: players that you have in your entire system to get better? No, apparently they don't. Nah. Apparently they don't. I mean, if they're not gonna be better by now, then they're not gonna be able to yeah. be better at the anyway. They're so not working paying. No.
1: Oh my gosh. Spring training's just, an opportunity for them. That's they, such should a joke. <laughs> they should that's pay us. They should pay us money to play is, in spring training. That is such a freaking joke. It's oh my ridiculous. gosh. I thought that was terrible. I thought that would ruffle your feathers. Um let's have this conversation real quick, since the DH supposedly, according to Rob Manfred, <laughs> is uh on the table, universal DH. Let's say that's true and that that's coming to the National League this year. It would be funny if it wasn't true. Well, he I, said that and they don't actually agree to it. Yeah, I want to take this all with a <laughs> grain of salt because I haven't heard that anywhere except from the mouth of Rob Manfred, and he is a mouthpiece for the owners right now. But let's say it's true. How does that impact the Diamondbacks as their roster is currently constructed? Do they have a DH in-house already? How does that particular role Fit this organization because I think Tory Lovello loves flexibility. I could see him being a guy that rotates a lot of people through that spot. Um, and does it potentially open them up to maybe hitting the free agent market or the trade market to try to find additional players for their offense?
0: Um, well, as their roster is currently constructed, I think the universal DH simplifies some things. Um, I think that that will allow Tory Lovello to put Seth Beer. In as his designated hitter, because the whole knock on Seth beer anyway, is that he is subpar defensively, um, both in the corner outfield where they tried to play him. And at first base Um, also remember last year, that's how Seth beer got hurt and missed the rest of the season, like two or three days after they called him up, he dove for a ball at first base and he hurt himself and he was out for the rest of the season. Um, Not saying he can't play first base, but, this would allow Tim to really just focus on his hitting, which is what he's already good at. Um, that also frees up Tori Lovello and the and company to put Paven Smith full time at first base, or he can split time with Christian Walker because I think Christian Walker is still going to be here. I think he's still going to be on the major league club um, whenever the season starts uh, because he does, he does still provide some value against left-handed pitchers and, um, so I could see maybe maybe Paven Smith and Christian Walker splitting some time at first base. We all know Paven Smith can still play the outfield. So maybe that if I I don't want this to happen, it's kind of like the whole, like, do we want to Marte at second or center field, but maybe to a lesser degree, but I would rather see Pavin Smith at first base than in right or left field or center field as he saw a couple games, a few games in center field last year, but um, I think his his home is first base. Um, so but but having that DH, you can put Walker at first beer at DH Smith in right field um, Smith at first base Walker on the bench Walker at DH. They can do a lot of things with that. And like I said on our last episode, I think the universal DH, especially uh, especially for a team like the Diamondbacks this year, the DH is going to serve in in a in a. In a different kind of way than what we're used to. It's going to serve as for a lot of teams as kind of like a glorified day off a day off from playing defense in the field for nine innings. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, Catel Marte get some at bats at DH this year, just to keep him off his feet um, for a few games, you know? So, Um, But yeah, I I think Seth Beer should be, if he's fully healthy, come with the regular season, I think he should probably be your primary DH. And of course, Tori Lavella likes to play matchups too. So um, yeah, that's how I think it's going to shake out here.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the stats because in my head, I was thinking, is Seth Beer even ready? For the major league level, he obviously got called up last year, but he had 10 plate appearances, 9 at-bats, but he did have 4 hits. <laughs> so He homered in his first at-bat. Yeah, it's pretty dang good. It's a great debut. Um, he was in AAA, for all intents and purposes, all of last season. Um, he hit two eighty seven, three ninety eight on base in AAA. That's pretty darn good. He slugged over five hundred, so... Uh, Yeah. OPS over 900 really good hitter. I think he's ready for an opportunity in the majors. That doesn't mean he plays every day.
0: And, and does the DH, if, if it goes like this, if Seth beers, your DH and Pavin Smith is your full-time first baseman, does that clear an outfield spot for a for a guy like Alec Thomas, who was probably going to be up in the majors this year. He was tearing through the minor leagues last year and he was playing really well in triple a. So I wonder now if you don't have to play Paven Smith in right field or left field so much or center field, I keep makes me cringe every time I think Paven Smith's playing center field. <laughs> um, but if you don't have to put Paven Smith in the outfield so much, because now you don't have to play Seth beer at first. So Paven Smith can play first. Does that clear up a spot for a guy like Alec Thomas come the regular season? probably. Mid April, maybe hope if he's if that's what they want to do. I don't know if that what they want to do with him, but sometime this year at least.
1: No, yeah, that's a valid point. I don't know if he's ready yet for the majors. Looks like in 2021, uh, he spent time at both double A AA and triple A. Um, so that's that's good news. He's kind of waiting in the wings, he's, he's closer than a lot of their other prospects are that you would recognize. Um, and he has been in the league a while, or he's been in baseball for a couple of years now. He's 21, so he's still pretty young. As opposed to like a 24 year old in uh, Seth Beer who's already seen the major leagues at least a little bit. So yeah, I'm with you. I think Seth Beer maybe DHs like three nights a week, uh, and then you rotate some other guys. I think you're right about Marte. If you rotate him in occasionally, maybe one or two nights a week, maybe you get a full extra month out of Marte. I mean that that could be an extra you know couple handfuls of games here and there that you get just from. Keeping him fresh and keeping him healthy, and if you keep him out of center field, hopefully that helps a little bit too. And um, we've talked about that at length, and that you know, I don't know who
0: plays third base on this team. No idea. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be Josh Rojas for the most part, but Maybe. that could get some at bats for Josh Rojas at second base too. If Marte goes into DH, it really creates more at bats for a lot of guys that you want to see more of. But, again, we have no idea who's going to play third base for this no, team. No, I've, I've um, been trying to
1: think about it. I mean, could you convert a I, guy like Christian Walker? I, um, do you find somebody in the minors? Like, I mean, who is it? Uh, I mean, Drew I don't Ellis think was playing it last yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's going to be him. I mean, I he had either. some flashes
0: of of good play last year. He but didn't hit. No. and
1: He didn't hit at all. I mean,
0: not that this team is going to really compete this year, but they want to see they want to be competitive. That's what the Diamondbacks do. Um, they may not be competitive, but they want to be competitive. So they're not just, I don't think they're going to concede, like, okay, let's get this young kid some at bats because we got to see what he's got, you know? Right. So I don't think it's going to be Drew Ellis. I bet it'll be Josh Rojas. But I and think then when I think, Marte gets a day off, Rojas plays second and maybe Ellis plays third. I don't know.
1: Your main point about the DH and how it could simplify is the word you used. How it could simplify the lineup. I totally agree in that it does open up first base quite a bit. And if they're willing to move off of Christian Walker, which we talked about last week, we're both kind of at that point where we think Paven Smith is the better first baseman. But the question is, do you have a right fielder? Well they went and got Jordan Luplo, who I think is probably going to play a lot against lefty starters. I don't know. I keep forgetting about him, to be honest. I don't know how much he's going to play against righties, to be honest, because he hasn't really established himself in the league as being able to hit righties. It's kind of reminiscent to me of the Jake Lamb days, and you know how I feel about Jake Lamb. But (laughs) I mean, he could not touch a left-handed pitcher. He just couldn't Uh do it. And it turns out he didn't really hit righties all that well either. But he couldn't hit at all against lefties. And Jordan's not quite at that level, but the numbers are astronomically different between righties and lefties. And they're going to try to take advantage of that on some level. So is he the everyday starting right fielder? I don't know. Maybe he and Pavin Smith kind of rotate out there. And the days that Smith is in right, Walker's at first. Yeah.
0: So going back to Christian Walker, I mean, they could move off of him. He's owed he's owed uh two more years of arbitration. So they don't have to offer him arbitration. No. They could just let him go. But I mean, I can't imagine his arbitration number is gonna be that high. What did he make last year? Production. Do you know what he um, made? He, he made two and a, two and a half million dollars last year, two point so, five million. So
1: let's say he's somewhere between two point eight and three point three, something like that.
0: I would think it might be even lower because he didn't have he did not have a good season last year.
1: Yeah. So let's say like three million dollars. Let's be conservative about it. Three million dollars. That's not the end of the world for the Diamondbacks. Now for a backup
0: first baseman that you can platoon against lefties.
1: Sure. Yeah. And you don't have to I could see them doing that. I don't even think by rule you have to eat that money. I think you just don't offer him a contract
0: correct he's not tender the guy you basically just say we're not offering you salary arbitration by there's a certain date where you have to do it by and if you don't do it he becomes a free agent automatically right Right. so but he he's entering this will be his age 32 season so i mean i i think he'll be back next year um i don't think he'll be back after that but i think he'll be back at least for next year because they need a guy like they have a they have a pretty good amount of left-handed hitters in their lineup. I mean there's Smith, Beer, Rojas. Marte's um, a switch hitter, so you're good there. But they don't have, I mean, they have Peralta's a lefty. Right, Peralta's, yeah, Peralta's lefty. So uh I believe McCarthy, if he's gonna be your starting center fielder, like you've said, maybe he can be, I believe he's a left-handed hitter. Um Josh Van Meter's left-handed, so they need some right-handed Uh, power. And I think Christian Walker still got some power there, but um, it just hasn't shown it in the last year and a half or so. But um, I think he'll be here next year. They need some right-handed hitting, um, especially off the bench. Uh, I don't think in 2024, Christian Walker will be back, but but I think next year he'll be back and I think he'll be playing some first. I think he could be a DH as well. Um, especially if they want to get Paven Smith. Like like in my personal opinion, I would love to see Paven Smith only play first base this year. But I know they love their flexibility. Tori Lavella loves the flexibility of all the players he has. So we're gonna definitely see Paven Smith in the outfield at some point. But I think his future's at first base. And so Walker's gonna play quite a bit of first, especially against lefties, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, the organization is certainly at the point where they're not in a mode where they're going to just get rid of players. Like, you need all the talent you can get in the room, and Christian Walker is a talented player. He's not a great player by any means, but when Goldschmidt got traded and they replaced him with a $500,000 minimum salary Christian Walker from the minor leagues, Christian Walker played better than he did that first year better defensively, and Paul Goldschmidt is a good defensive first baseman. He played better defensively. Didn't Walker, he won a gold glove, or he he was nominated. He, he was a top finalist. Three. Yeah, he was a finalist for a gold glove, which is pretty good. Uh, and then he was a better hitter in that first season. So, so that
0: first year where Goldie was gone and Walker was the primary guy was 2019, correct? I think so. So in that year, yeah, looking like it. Yeah, that's when he started playing. He played 152 games that year. So looking at his numbers, I mean, he hit 259 with 29 home runs and 73 RBIs. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, um, not just bad. Just off face value. Um, In 2020, he only played in 57 games, hit 271, seven homers. And then last year, 115 games, 244, 10 home runs, 46 RBIs. The power has just faded for him. Yeah. Um. So if he could discover that power swing again, he could be a serviceable player, honestly, and especially against left-handed pitching.
1: Yeah, I was thinking too that DH slot might help you a little bit with getting a little more out of David Peralta, who's yeah, he's, not a bad was,
0: outfielder. I no, mean, but he is getting into his mid-30s.
1: Yeah, so playing him in the outfield every day doesn't sound as enticing as it used to. Yeah. And he's still a good hitter. I mean, the guy has hit two ninety most of his career, which is pretty impressive for a guy who came up as a pitcher. Um, but he's more of a contact guy now. I mean, how long did we go last season? Remember, he was stuck on, like, four home runs for, like, months on end. Yeah. And he didn't exactly end with a lot of them. So it it got to the point where he doesn't have a lot of pop left. And I think you could probably get a little more out of him if you're pseudo-resting rest, him during the week. Um, so, it, I think it's a mixed bag. This DH thing, it's not like the Diamondbacks have a Nelson Cruz on their team who's going to play DH every day. They don't have a David Ortiz. They don't have a an Edgar Martinez, so to speak. Not a lot right. of teams do. Lavello is the kind of guy who rotates things so often, sometimes to his own detriment. I personally, last season, criticized him at times for not having a set lineup, for not having a guy who plays second base, a guy who plays third base, a guy Mm -hmm. who plays center field. It was just a constant rotation. It felt like tryouts. It felt like they were trying a lot of things last year. And I think this year is a lot about trying stuff, too, on some level, especially newer, younger players like Beer and others, and McCarthy maybe, or maybe it's Ellis. I don't know but i don't know dude i just feel like the dh thing is is not going to be what a lot of people expect i think a lot of people hope it's seth beer a lot of seth beer um i don't think we're going to see it i really don't think it's going to be like that maybe two or three nights a week
0: yeah i mean i don't i don't think it's going to all of a sudden that seth beer you know plays 150 games you know what i no, mean no no even at dh it's it, i don't think that's going to happen i mean he might not even make the the squ- the big league squad right away, just might for not. whatever, for whatever reason. I mean, he's only been up, like you said, for a handful of games. Um, they might want to send him to triple a just to work on some stuff before they bring him up again. Um, I think he's ready to play at this level. Um, he's ready to hit. He's ready to yeah, hit at this. level Exactly. So that's why that's where the DH really, uh, uh, it really benefits a team like the diamondbacks who are trying to figure out who is a part of their future they can get a lot of different looks at guys too. Like it just, it just, it creates a whole nother, obviously a whole nother roster spot, basically on your team and another guy in your lineup. So, and I'm just happy that we don't have to sit there and watch a pitcher. Just take three fastballs right down the middle Yeah, anymore. I'm, I'm, I used to be, I've changed a lot. Honestly, I used to be the whole NL purist where oh my gosh, that just, it's not baseball. It's having a pitcher, not best. He's a part of the team. He's one of the nine guys he has to hit. I'm just tired because it's really just become that it's become guys just taking Remember in the movie uh, rookie of the year where Henry Rowan Gardner has to bat. Yeah. And he like <laughs> takes like um, the smallest steps and he's standing on the line in the batter's box
1: in the back <laughs> corner. Yeah. Yeah. In the back corner
0: where he, that, that's it. And he crouches down to, make a strike zone invisible and like that's how these pitchers are except for Madison Bumgarner and Zach Granke I mean th- they're the only ones that are really like excited to hit and uh, and remember last year Zach Gallen got injured swinging a bat in batting practice so right. true I'm done with that. I am done with that. <laughs>
1: that tip no of more
0: of that, please. I just that, that's. I think that's what cemented <laughs> what cemented the universal DH in my in my brain. I'm like, I am done with that. With Zach Gallon or anyone else getting hurt, taking batting practice. No, thank you.
1: I feel like the criticism you get a lot is, uh, well, Granky and Bumgarner and Degrom, like they're good at hitting. They want to hit, and like that's a part of the game. And I'm like, okay, but. They're good. I'm gonna put that in air quotes. They're good at hitting, but if you look at their numbers, they're worse than average players at other positions well, would be. And well, think think about this
0: too. Like guys like Bumgarner and Granky, I don't know how old the is, but I know that Jacob Degrom was a shortstop. Uh, I believe in in high school, probably definitely was a shortstop because yeah. But I think he was a shortstop in college too, and I believe Granky was as well. But guys that are younger, that are coming up into, into Major League Baseball in the minor leagues, they don't really play a ton of positions, I feel like. If you're a good pitcher, they want you to be a pitcher. Focus on pitching because in college, there's a designated hitter. And you don't really, unless you're like a crazy good hitter, I guess, you don't really get and many at-bats in college. In high school, you might because I think in high school, they still kind of, you know, you're you're the best player on the team, you're the starting pitcher and the starting shortstop. So, but I feel like with a lot of these these younger guys coming up, they've probably if you're a pitcher, they've probably mostly been focused on pitching only and not so much hitting. So, I think the days where like pitchers were, you know, the star hitter too on their high school teams are pretty
1: much done. But I could be wrong about that, but I don't know. Let's uh, talk about the off-the-wall news. We talked about this last week. I, th- I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago. Um, you and I are MLB The Show players. MLB The Show Enthusiast. is obviously the biggest game uh, for baseball that is out there. It's coming out. It's slated to come out in early April. I think you can play it as early as April 1st. It's on the uh, Nintendo Switch now, which is weird, but <laughs> but it's going to be on three different platforms. It's everywhere, platforms. man. I know. I know. Um The reason we talked about it the other day was because there was big Diamondbacks news that Randy Johnson was shown in a gameplay trailer, and he was not in the game previously. So that was a big announcement that Randy Johnson is a legend that they're adding to the game. He was in the game years ago when he was in the league, uh, but since his retirement has not been in MLB The Show, that's one of their big draws this year is that they're adding Randy Johnson, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, let alone a lefty of all time. So that was big news. Here we are a week or two later, and I'm reading all over the place that there's rumors that Randy Johnson is actually not going to be in the game. There are some rumors I saw that said that PETA was suing uh, because <laughs> of the bird incident where he hit the bird, but that was like 20 plus years ago. I don't understand I think why it was that was. Would... Yeah, I think so. And maybe I'm falling for it. But even if it's not that why would they delete the trailer? It's now gone from the inner, the internet, the trailer with Randy Johnson in it is now gone. And people are talking, maybe Randy Johnson's not in the game after all.
0: Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? 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 are you like, are you kidding me right now? Why do they do this to me? I was so excited. I was so excited for Randy Johnson. Um, I even uh, so you mentioned that they took their their video down um i I had seen some tweets saying that they 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 removed the game tra gameplay trailer they posted with Randy Johnson at the end and they re- they took that down and reposted it with uh without him at the end of the trailer what? um i mean I, you know what I'm gonna look up their youtube right now I'm gonna look. I am gonna look, Steve. Look I'm for going what? Oh, for the trailer. To. I'm gonna confirm.
1: Yeah, I'll bet yep. it's gone. Yeah. So
0: they they posted it. Um, they posted it. Uh, PlayStation posted it three days ago. I'm going to look at it right now. I'm not going to play the sound, so don't worry. I'm just going to fast forward to the end, where because that's where he was, right? He was at the very end, very end of the trailer. Black. You didn't even see it because no, because he's... I faded to black. I thought it was over. Right. No. All right. Here it comes. Here we go. You've got the trailer. There's three seconds left. Yep. They took it out. It's gone. They, they took it out. It just—it doesn't even fade to black. It ends with the PlayStation logo with the uh. triangle, circle, X, and square. Unbelievable. So, all why right. are they doing this to me? Put on the- is, it, is it just because? I mean, maybe they didn't actually have his name, image, and likeness rights yet, and they tweeted that part too soon. I would love to think that because that's easily correctable. Maybe. I mean Ryan Howard's in the game, but but honestly, they didn't need Ryan Howard's name, image, and likeness. He was already in the game before. He was a cover athlete, right? Or do uh, they still do, well, do they
1: need it after they retire? Uh, yeah, so that's a good question because because Pedro Martinez was also in the game well, at one so, point. So was Randy. Yeah, but
0: I did ju- that just popped in my head. Obviously, yeah. I started playing this game in 06 when it became MLB The Show. Right, and Randy retired in two thousand nine. Or Correct. after the 2009. Interesting. Season. So, I guess when they're not a part of the active players union, they need to get their their own nil, their that personal could, one. That could be right. I guess. But like Barry Bonds was never in the games. It was Reggie Stalker that created character that looked just like him and had the same batting stance. Yeah, so I
1: I don't think it, I don't know how it works in the old games though. They didn't have they didn't have as extensive as ro- of rosters as they have now, because if you play they the have game minor now, now, right, they have everybody who is involved in the, uh, in the PA and including the minor league PA or whatever the equivalent is. And so they're all covered. So all the minor leaguers are in the game as well, which is crazy. Awesome. By the way. Um, but, but what happened here? They didn't always have that. So back in the day, you had to get individual approval is at least how I understood it. And players like Barry Bonds, I think there were a few others who never gave their permission either. I can't remember for the life. of I don't of think who that Roger
0: Clemens was ever in the game either. Uh, I'm not sure now that I'm. Now that I'm trying, now that I'm thinking about
1: it. I don't. He think might He might have. I'm not sure, but yeah, most notably, it was Reggie Stalker, who everyone okay. knew in the yeah. game was just a fill-in replacement with the same batting stance and same. It's same hilarious look. that they even did that. It was hilarious that they they
0: created their own character, their own road to the show player. To be Barry Bonds, basically, and they've <laughs> they made him the starting left fielder of the Giants. It's hilarious. But I'm 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 super pissed. I was so happy that Randy Johnson um, was going to be in this game. Also, I think it was either today or maybe yesterday on their on their Instagram account, MLB, the show. They posted welcome Ryan Howard as the newest legend. Right, And everyone everyone in the comments, where's Randy? Where's Randy? (laughs) It's
1: like they double down on Ryan Howard. And we're like, no, 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 no. Go back to the other guy.
0: They're like, look over here. It's Ryan Howard. Which is not impressive (laughs) compared to Randy Johnson. (laughs) And they posted today like two silhouettes and like two teammates, two legend teammates are coming. And everyone's. (laughs) Yeah, they're already on
1: to the next thing. A lot of people are like, if it's A-Rod and Jeter, I'm not buying this game. (laughs) Well, I'd, I'd be cool with that because I want a yeah, I I cheater be in too. the game, and I'm sure that too. would be huge. But at the same time, like, Ryan Howard is not on the Randy Johnson level. Ryan Howard was a good player, great power yeah. hitter, a guy who would hit you 40 home runs every season for a while. Um, but his his star kind of shined a little bright for a short time. It wasn't a long career. I mean, Randy played till he was 45. Randy had five Cy Young Awards, including four of them in a row in his mid-30s. His first... Uh, Second Cy Young, his first of the quadruple he had, came at age 35. Randy Johnson's a freak of nature. So, like, he is a Hall of Famer, probably the best left-handed pitcher of all time for my money, and arguably the greatest pitcher of all time. you you probably throw some other names up in that category. But that's not Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard is a (laughs) first baseman, a dime a dozen. I mean, he replaced a guy in Jim Tome who is legendary. And I don't even think Ryan Howard was better than Jim Tomei. Uh So what are we talking about here? A first baseman? <laughs> There's a million of those in the game already. If you want a left-handed hitting first baseman, you've got your pick of them. They're all over the place. Randy Johnson is an elite fireball left-handed pitcher with the nastiest slider in the history of the game. That's what he is. That's exciting to people who are going to play MLB The Show. Ryan Howard? Uh, whatever, dude. Like That's fine, I guess. and and there's so many versions
0: of Randy too that they can release in this game. Right. They can release uh Seattle Randy Johnson A that through 100 miles an hour. Yep. And he had no control. They can <laughs> release that rookie Randy they, Johnson, yeah. They can make they can obviously um, I forget what it's called, but they could do those programs where you get, like, the bronze card, and then you do all the moments, and you do all the stuff, and then you get a diamond at the end. right? And, like, you can start with Montreal Expos rookie card, Randy Johnson,
1: right, and
0: then end up at uh, diamond, Diamondbacks, Randy Johnson. Or if you go to the end of their career, I guess, uh,
1: bleh, Giants, uh, Randy uh. Johnson. Uh,
0: <laughs> gross, gross.
1: Um, the 300 win card.
0: Yeah, the milestone card, uh, his you know when he had the 20 strikeout uh performance against the Reds, his his perfect game in 04 at age 40, um when he uh moves into second all-time in the strikeouts list, there's so many things, his moment of coming out of uh, the bullpen in game 7 of the World Series. Yep. Like there's so many things you can do with Randy Johnson, and that's nothing. It's not a knock against Ryan Howard. There's so many things you can do with Ryan Howard too, but I mean, man, alive! And there's a reason they saved Randy as the big reveal in the la- in the last bit of the trailer. It's because right. that's what everyone wants. Right? Everyone wants Randy Johnson. Right. And oh, if they if they blew this, dude, like I'm gonna be so pissed off I'm gonna be so mad I'm already
1: mad Ryan I'm Howard, mad Ryan Howard was like mixed in with the gameplay early in yeah, the trailer you know was. like if you blinked you missed it and, yeah. and at the end you've got the big Randy Johnson reveal which they made very obvious in the first trailer which is now taken off down off the internet but right. If you, like, missed Ryan Howard, like, they went back and they were like, check it out, two new legends in MLB The Show, Randy Johnson and Ryan Howard. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, I guess I saw Ryan Howard in there. I didn't really put two and two together. He, You know, he's just like every other left-handed power hitter, I guess. But, yeah, this is going to be so bizarre if Randy Johnson does not end up in the game. They announced it. I mean, the game comes out in, like, a, in like two months, right? So like it comes out for everybody. It comes out April fifth. If right. you
0: pre-order, I think it's if you pre-order the digital deluxe or the MVP. It April comes out 1st. April first. Yeah.
1: So I is mean, what
0: I'm going to be doing? But like,
1: it's not like they announced this a year ago and then things changed. You know, like they've got the game done for the most part, except for like updating rosters. Once we have Mm -hmm. that flurry of transactions, once the league comes back. Right
0: now, uh, half the league is our free agents. So that's not good. (laughs) Right. We talked about
1: it last week. You've still got Correa. You've still got Trevor Story. You've still got a ton of big dudes.
0: You're going to have dudes on the weirdest teams.
1: Like I think the guys that are going to
0: get they're still going to get their big contract deals. I think Carlos Correa is definitely going to get that. Yeah, I think uh, Trevor story is going to get that. I'm not sure about Chris Bryant, to be honest with you. He was okay. And he was good when he got traded to the giants, but like, I don't know if he's going to get a, a big, big time contract. Will he, he get my, I don't hundred million? Know. Will he get a hundred million? I'm, I mean, I'm thinking, I don't know. It depends on what the CBA, all the money looks out. I wonder how many guys are going to take one year deals. I don't, you know, know? That's a good I don't question. know, because because now you're like, they, they can't have these intense, long negotiation processes because they're going to have to sign with a team and then get going right away, get no, fired up.
1: Not only that, but I think the second that a CBA comes through, I don't know what that process looks like, but the second they sign the dotted line, bam. yeah, that night, you're going to start seeing stuff because I guarantee you, even though it's illegal, I guarantee you that you're going to see a lot of back channeling coming to fruition. Like yeah, the oh, last sure, two months sure. or three months that this has been going on, teams I have totally not been agree. silent. I mean, let's be no. honest; they know what they they're, need, no. they know what they want. They're going to go. Do you get. think?
0: Do you think Scott Boris is just sitting there like a good little boy? I saying, hope well, people well, call I, and offer us I, money. I, I well, I hope <laughs> that they get an agreement soon because
1: then I can talk to people. Yeah. No, 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 he is do. He's talking to people. I hope Come i can, on. I hope I can get my clients a job. No, they're not. Now here's the thing. Yeah, because. Yeah, there's there's talking going
0: on. Yeah. There has to be.
1: Why do you think we're, we're gonna never reports... going to find out about it? Well, we've even heard some things. We talked about last week uh, that the Yankees are reportedly interested in signing Freddie Freeman, and then they would have to trade away Luke Voigt, probably. Why is that coming out in a time where they're not allowed to be talking to people? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, we know yeah, what's going on. you get on. that from? <laughs> right. We know what people are up to. Now, the Dude. question is, when there is that flurry, does that scare some teams into overpaying, or does that scare some teams into making a move that they maybe don't need to make? But they're like, oh, I don't know if I need Chris Bryant, but yeah, give me give me Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah, um, like I don't know. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. But I know that we're gonna have a flurry of moves in the first forty-eight hours or so after a CBA is signed, whenever that is. It's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be the craziest day ever. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> And I'm excited to see if they overspend for some of those guys, but I guess we'll have to keep our eyes on that because we have no idea when a deal is coming. Uh, Rob Manfred seems to think that a deal is coming like in the next 10 minutes, but I guarantee you that's not happening, and we have no idea when the two sides are going to meet up next. But, uh, hey, at least pitchers and catchers were supposed to report this week. We have that in our back pocket.
0: Yeah, we have so many almost and should-haves. Yeah, So much fun. I... Andy Johnson
1: should be in the game. We have that. <laughs> we have that. He Great. should be maybe, but we took it off the internet, so who knows? We took uh, it away from you. Bad news all around on the podcast this week, but we still appreciate you checking us out because, uh, you know, we are here to provide all the information that we have on uh, the baseball negotiations and things that are positive for the Diamondbacks, which don't come around all that often. Um, so we will keep you up to speed on all things as they progress. Hopefully, they progress. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. I'm Steve Zinsmeister for Cody Fincher as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Thing podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.